Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. No, we, uh, we're, we're just going to get right back into a series we've been in. Uh, well, actually, we started it. It wasn't supposed to be a series. And I decided I wanted to um, kind of shift this around and kind of go into this, um, this thought, continue this thought not done yet. So what we're going to do for the next three weeks, uh, myself and another one of our awesome uh, speakers uh, is going to help me with this task. Uh, we're just going to take three gospel stories, and we're just going to walk through them. Uh, today, I'm just going to walk verse by verse, not literally through 56 verses, but <laughs> we'll jump through the chapter a little bit just to kind of study the Bible together, study a little bit about how these three different gospel stories talk about how God is not done yet, about how God continues to move in our midst. And so if you're watching online, we want to say, I hope you're having a great day today and enjoying us. And it's nine, it's almost 10 o'clock. So I imagine you're sipping on that coffee, sitting in your PJs. And, and uh, I think mean, next Sunday, I'm going to preach in my PJs. How about that? Just to relate to y'all. But <laughs> and uh, just for you, thank you, Joel. Uh, I don't have a countdown and your phone's not working. So <laughs> sincerely, I need some help. Uh, so I can't advance my slides until you come and help me. And I'm going to preach forever unless you tell me when to stop. So everyone in the room says, amen. <laughs> so come on, we're going to get into the word today. And uh, really what we're going to do today, right today, we're going to look at John chapter 11. And in John chapter 11, um, we are going to look at just the story of our friend, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And, you know, if you look at this, uh, this story, it's actually just a, literally a span of a week. It's about seven days that this whole story happens. And I was so impacted by the fact that so much could happen in seven days. How many of you know that when you're facing a difficulty in your life, when you're feeling fear or you're concerned about your future or you're experiencing something difficult in your life, all you see is that moment. But what we're gonna look at today is we get to see the beginning and the end. We get to see the middle. We get to see what God's doing. Thank you, Joel. We get to see what God's doing in each of our lives and in this story. And we get to see how God moves. And my, my prayer for you today uh, you know, it's funny, we had our prayer on Wednesday night. You're welcome to come. You can register. We pray every Wednesday from 6.30 to 7.30 right up here. And uh, you're welcome to register for that. And we're here just for one hour, just seeking God, praying. Uh, but I was already feeling stirring in my heart to preach about this. And then our friend Bassie, who's back, love, glad you're back, Bassie. All the way from, she hates, I did that on purpose because she hates it. All the way from Nigeria, all the way back. But um, she had a, a thought. She thought the Lord was stirring something in her heart. And it was exactly what I was feeling for this Sunday. So it was just, and I kept that deep in my heart. Um, John chapter 11. So turn your Bibles uh, if you have one. Or we're going to look at on the screen. John chapter uh, 11, verses 1 uh, to 3. And let's look at this together. It says this. A man named Lazarus uh, was sick. It's also not coming up on the confidence monitor here. Thank you. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet, which we'll talk about next week, and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend. Just want to remind you, Jesus, it's your friend and he's dear to you. He's sick. So this is day one. This is what you and I might be facing right now. This is the challenge you're facing today. 
This is the situation. This is the fear about getting sick or this is the marriage struggle or this is the frustration with the the government or COVID or this is your current job not knowing what's going to happen next or this is the sense in your heart that, man, I feel God's called me to ministry, but I don't know what's around the corner. This is the season, right? Day one, when you look at your life and you say, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how to deal with this problem. I don't know how to deal with this, this, this cancer uh, uh, predicament that we're facing or the sickness in my family or the lack of finances or not feeling like I have any connections or relationships or a relationship that breaks up or a marriage that's, that's on the rocks and difficult. All I see today is the fact that, Lord, your, your dear friend is very sick. This is a big deal. This is an issue in, in, in our life. And, and God, I need you to do something about it. I need you to come and I need you to meet my need. I need you to fix this situation. I need you to right now to come, God, and and settle this issue in my life. So that's day one. But let's just for a moment pretend that we have a time machine and we can jump ahead to day seven. And when we look in the verse in day seven, it says this. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave crows, grave clothes and let him go. So we've seen day one and we've seen day seven. We've seen the beginning and we've seen the end. We've seen how this starts. We've seen how this ends. See, I want you to know something today that no matter if you're in day one or day two or in day three, there is always a day seven. God always comes through and fulfills his promises. God always does what he said he would do. God is always faithful. God is not done yet. God is still ministering in your life. God's still going to bring restoration. God's still going to bring health. God's still going to bring life. God still has a plan for your life. The problem is we just can't see it. We can't see day five, six, seven. All we see in this verse is one week from the, the, the challenge of a very sick friend to now we know Lazarus died. He's laying in a grave. In fact, Jesus waited two days to even go down to Bethany to see his friend. And even after that, by the time he got there, Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. That's six days where Jesus delayed in answering the prayer of his people. And at the very end, God fulfilled his promises. But what we're going to learn is today is we know the beginning. There's a challenge. We know the end. God always fulfills his promises. God always turns uh, your situation to good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So we always have a beginning and we always have an end. But now I want to talk about the middle. I want to look at the verses today and just try to understand a little bit what what God was trying to do in the middle. Between a moment when they saw a tragedy or difficulty or hardship, I even know there's some people in 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 our church who's facing a terrible, terrible cancer situation. And they don't know how to get around it. Now, I want to believe that Jesus can, I'm going to believe that Jesus can heal your mother. And I'm going to believe that Jesus can uh, heal the sick and raise the dead. We absolutely 100% believe in that. But how many of you agree with me that if you are in that moment today, right now, you sure don't feel it. You sure don't see it. You're feeling broken and alone and lost and maybe you're finding, whatever it might be facing in your life, you can't see around to day seven. But we are stuck in the middle 
And what we have to realize is just around the corner, God is fulfilling his plan in our lives. God wants to do something in the middle, and it's a bit challenging in our life. He wants to challenge something inside of us. He wants to challenge something on this journey of faith in God. And look what he says to his disciples. When Je- or I'm sorry, uh, he turned to his disciples. When Jesus heard about us, he said, listen, Lazarus, uh, his sickness is not going to end in death. He says, I want you to know, you got to hear me today. I want you to know, God knows how this ends. God knows what's around the corner. God knows about the situation. God knows he sees the whole seven days. He is the beginning and he is the end. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He sees it all in your life. You might not see it. You might not understand it. You might not comprehend how God's gonna get you out of this mess or how he's gonna get you through this season or how you're gonna be able to endure during this time. But I want you to know today, Jesus says, I know the end before the beginning and I am involved in the final journey that you're on, he wants you to know today that he is not done yet with your life. But this is about the middle. And look what he says to his disciples. He says, no, I'm sorry, back one. When Jesus heard about this, I skipped it, sorry. (laughs) Here it is. So although Jesus loved Martha, look at this. Even though Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, look, he stayed. So even though Jesus loves you, He wants to use this season to test your faith. I know this is hard to hear for someone today who's experiencing a tremendous challenge. I can't even begin to understand what some of you are facing. I know know that many of you are facing much more challenging situations than I am today. And I know hearing what I'm about to say to you today might sound frustrating. And I want to say I agree, but I want you to know today that you're in the middle right now. There is a purpose for the middle. There is a purpose for this season. There is a purpose for your life. God has a purpose. And he says, I love you and I I love everything about you, but I want you to know I might not answer your prayer in the way or when you want me to do it because I have a purpose for this season. I have a purpose for this moment. I have a purpose for this difficulty. I have a purpose for this hardship. And as you already saw it, because I accidentally clicked it, it says this. No, look at this. Jesus says, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. What? That's a really hard verse to wrap our brain around. You're telling me that this situation happened, God, so that you can get the glory? Yeah. Look at this, so that, look at this, the Son of God. Now now we're talking about Jesus. He says, I want you to know that Jesus is going to receive glory through this circumstance. I know it's hard to think that glory can come through sickness or glory can come through job loss or glory can come through, through hardship or difficulty. But I'm here to tell you today that God is not done yet in your life. And the purpose of this season is so that God will receive all the glory in your life. And this is the major challenge that you and I face in our lives is that everything we do is God is trying to display his glory through our lives. 
God is trying to display his, his magnificence and his miraculous power. And we might think, God, why are you delayed? And God, why aren't you with me? And God, why aren't you helping me? He says, son and daughter, I want you to know I love you. But listen, I want my glory to be shown in your situation, not your glory. I want my glory to come through, not, not just so your prayers get answered or not just so that the season will be over. I know it's hard, son and daughter. I know, but I want you to know today that I love you and I have a purpose that I will display my glory and there is nothing more fulfilling in this earthly life than living a life that displays the glory of God. There's nothing in this world that compares. No finance, no trip to Disney World, though I love Disney World. No trip to Disney World, no car, no career. Nothing on this planet will ever satisfy you like living a life that brings glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And so we recognize that this season, Jesus says it very clearly. It's, I want you to know that you're going through this so that I will receive the glory the, 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 the point is to prove that Jesus is the center of your life. The purpose of the pressure is to point to Jesus. And he has you in this season to create a place for God's glory in your life. And not only does he want to display his glory, but get out, guess what else he wants to do? He wants to strengthen and increase your faith in Jesus. And we'll see all throughout this chapter, that's exactly what God was trying to do. He was constantly trying to challenge the faith of his disciples. He starts at the very beginning of the chapter with his disciples in, in, in um, Right here in verse five, I'm sorry, this next one, I screwed up all my slides. It says, so Jesus told the disciples plainly, look what he says, Lazarus is dead. I'm not, I didn't rush to aid them in that moment. I, I, didn't, I didn't get there when they wanted me to get there. I didn't answer the prayer in the exact way they wanted me to answer the prayer. I didn't get them out of the situation that they were in because they wanted me to. I want you to know today that Lazarus is dead, but I want you to know that for your sake, I am glad I wasn't there. Look at this. For now, you will really believe. See, God, why aren't you answering? Why aren't you coming to my aid? You need to know this first. God is with you. You know the second. God loves you. You know this third. God will answer the prayer according to his will. But lastly, you need to understand that every single challenge and situation that we face in our lives isn't just either because some people think God's punishing me or some people think that God doesn't like me or some people think whatever. They, at the end of the day, God says, no, I want you to really know me. I want to deepen my, I want you to deepen your faith. I want, I want you to deepen this idea that I want to, that you have the ability to place your confidence in me. I want you to entrust your life to me. I want you to trust that I can help you through the situation. I want you to trust that I am the King of Kings, that I am a sovereign in your life, that I am the Lord of your life, that I am leading you and guiding you. I want to deepen your trust, not just in the idea of God, but in Jesus Christ and deepen your relationship with him often when we face difficult circumstances, what we do is we repel ourselves from God when that circumstance, the very purpose of it is to draw you closer to God so that you can deepen your faith. So you can deepen your understanding of Jesus. He also wanted to deal with Mary and Martha. And first he deals with Martha. Let's read this verse together. It says this. 
Mar Jesus came down to Bethany and at that time he had been in the tomb for four days and there's all these people were wailing and crying and upset and obviously they were frustrated because their, their, their uh, brother had died and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here. My brother would not have died, but, but Lord, I want you to know, even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, well, he will rise when everyone else rises at last day. Yeah, I know, I know that. It's kind of like saying this. Yeah, I know God's good. Yeah, 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 I know, I know God's faithful. Yeah, I know the Bible says he can heal. Yeah, I know God says he can, he can raise the dead. I mean, I've never seen it, but I, I'm, I know he can do it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. If I pray, an effective prayer of a righteous person avails much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, I know, God, I know. You can do whatever you ask. Yes, God, I know, I know. God, I know that it's possible. I've read it in the scripture. So what she's saying is, is that, yes, I believe God can do that, but I'm wondering if I have the faith to believe you can do it right now. Do I have the faith truly to believe that Jesus, you can do what you said you would do? Look what he says in this verse. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. And even after dying, everyone who lives in me, believes in me, will never die. Look at this. Jesus goes to her faith. Do you believe this? Do you have faith in this? Do you understand this? And look what she says. She says, yes, Lord. I've always believed that you're the Messiah, the son of the God, the one who's come into the world from God. See, what Martha believed in God, Martha had faith in God, but Martha was challenged in her faith because her faith had become passive and limited. She was believing in the idea of God. She believed in the idea of what God was doing, but did she really believe that Jesus Christ was the one who would rise from the dead? Did she really believe that all the things that she had seen with her own eyes could happen for her? Did she really believe that when she read the passages of scripture in the Bible, when God rose people from the dead and Jesus healed the sick and, and, and restored life and made people new, that that can actually happen in my life today? See, what God was, Jesus was challenging in Martha's, in Martha's scenario was that she believed that God was good but did she believe that Jesus was actively present in her life right now? She had an intellectual understanding of God. She recognized, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I'm a moral person. Yeah, you know, hey, do you believe God can? Yeah, I believe it. I believe he can. But deep, deep down, Martha said, if you had only been here, now, I want you to notice something about this verse in this scripture. Look what she says. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Now, it'd be easy to miss this nuance of this verse. But what Martha was actually saying to Jesus, she was actually lowering Jesus below God. She was saying, I know God will give you what you ask. Instead, she was lacking in her faith to believe. She should have said, I know that you are God and you can do anything. But in that moment, Martha was being challenged in her intellectual faith that she believed in the idea of God, 
but did she have faith in Jesus of today, of right now, in her life, that he was active, that he was present? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross, was buried, and rose on the third day? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ can cause the sick to be restored? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ can transform hearts and change marriages? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ owns a cattle on a thousand hills that can provide for your finances? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ can heal you of your bitterness and your brokenness and your anger and your pain? Do you really believe that this Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, who is the son of God, is living and active and present in your life right now? Or is it just an idea in my mind? Jesus wanted to challenge Martha's face. That's why he said, listen, Martha, he said, yeah, you know, she's going to rise. He's going to rise on the, uh, at the end of time. And yes, you know God. But then he says, no, no, I am the resurrection and the life. You need to understand, understand something today about your situation. Jesus is present. He's alive. He's ready. He's willing to minister to your life. But I have to say this because it's truth in scripture. He's going to move in your life despite your faith. But he will move in a supernatural way in your life. When you begin to actually believe that the Jesus of the Bible is actively present in your life today and he can do miracles, he can raise the dead, he can heal the sick, he can transform hearts, he can transform minds. Are you here today? Come on, this was the challenge for Martha's faith. Now, I'm not gonna lie to you. I relate to Martha. I relate to Martha. There's a lady who uh, goes to school every day. I walk to school on Fridays with the kids and she's a woman and she's, she's gotta be like uh, bent over. This woman was bent over and um, I don't know what, what's wrong with her, but she has some sort of back thing. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Ryan, and my wife came home and I told her, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to pray for her. And Steph says, me too. And you know the first thought I had? That's embarrassing. There's no way I'm gonna lay my hands on this lady in front of all these people at school and pray, what if nothing happens? So I just do me a favor. Don't check yourself out of this category. Every one of us here has moments where we're saying, yes, I believe in God, but do I believe that Jesus is the living King active in my life? Because when we begin to believe that, a faith stirs in us to believe, wait a minute, God's not done yet. <laughs> Jesus is present. He's not done yet. I know I've read the Bible. I know I've, I've gone to church a thousand years. I know that I was born in the pew. I know that my family was Christian and on and on and on it goes. But today I'm gonna make a decision to believe that the Jesus of the Bible is alive and active in my life. How about the next thought here with Mary? Mary was experiencing a frustrated, a frustrated faith. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, so Jesus then went and got Mary, came outside the city and she fell on her feet. She said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. The exact same verse. She doesn't give any kind of Christianese at the end of it, but God, I know you're good. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm facing hardship in my life, but God is good. And deep down you're saying, I don't know if he is. That was Martha. Mary didn't even say any of the Christianese. She was just frustrated. And the reason I know this, because if you look at this verse, there's actually a, uh, the, the same sentence, but this word died is a different Greek word. When Martha says this word, it's a matter of fact, yeah, Jesus, I want you to know that if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mar Mary said it like this, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. The actual Greek definition of this word died is a violent death. 
is a frust- it's a frustrated tone. She's frustrated that Jesus, I needed you to show up and you didn't. I needed you to save my marriage, God. Why didn't you come through? I needed you to heal my mom. I needed you to heal that sickness. I needed you to restore that relationship. I needed you to show up. And I, God, I had a timeline. I needed it to happen like this and in this way. And this, high. God, it's frustrating to me that what I expected from you did not turn out. This is a slipping faith, not just a passive faith, a slipping faith where I still believe in you, but I am very frustrated with you. Mary here is, really doesn't have a long interaction with Jesus. She says, you let me down. This I relate to as well. I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people watching. I know that there's actually people who won't come into the church because they're angry with God. You're still a Christian. You still love him, but you're frustrated with him. You look at your life and say, God, why did this have to happen? Why am I facing this on day one? But what we forget is that God knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end, that he is with us and that he turns all things to good. And yes, it might not turn out like you hope. And yes, it might not pan out like you desired, but his glory will be manifest in your life. He will display his glory. He will will come through in the way that God's called it to come through. He will turn all things to good to those who love him. But despite the fact that at day seven that happens, I'm on day four and I'm angry at God. I'm frustrated with you, Lord. If you just would have been here, things would have been different. And this leads to disillusionment in your faith. You know, this leads to, we're singing the song, the victory is yours. And when you sing that line, you keep quiet. I'm here. I got my Bible. I'm at church but I'm not singing that song. Many Christians find themselves in this place today where they're disillusioned and they had dreams and hopes and desires when they were younger in the faith. And then life hit and challenges hit and the passivity of life hit and you find difficulties and loss and death and job. And you think, I thought my life was supposed to turn out differently. And it creates this angst and frustration as we say, God, if you just would have been here, life would have been different. And I'm here and I'm in the church and I'm moralistic and I'm doing my thing. But deep down, I'm frustrated with you. There's no way that you got a plan for me. It's over. I'm done. It's done. I'm going to show up. I'm going to go through the motions, but I have nothing inside of me that really wants a personal relationship with Jesus. Mary here is so angry and frustrated. She falls to her feet and falls to her knees rather and falls at the feet of Jesus and We need to understand something that in this season, Jesus continues to reveal himself to the disciples, to Mary and to Martha. And despite their, listen, despite the condition of their faith, Jesus still wants to show up in your life. I want you to see this here today. Look at not only what were, was this a highly emotional moment, but not only that, Jesus was highly emotional. Look what it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. 
You think God stands with this stoic cardboard smile on his face and just says, hello, and just doesn't care? He is so deeply moved by your situation. That word anger there, it means it's almost like a, like, a, like a frustrating embarrassment. Not that he's embarrassed with you, but he's like, oh man, like how many times do I have to show up in your life and you'll start believing in me? How many times do I provide for you? How many times do I have to be there for you? And I know this is hard, but I've proven myself through your entire life and I will continue to do that despite your faith. But at the end of the day, you need to understand, oh, I wish you would understand it and get it, that I love you and that I have a plan for you. I know it doesn't feel like it. He was angry and he was frustrated at the response to the situation because they forgot that Jesus knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. And then Jesus weeps. He looks at Martha, who has an idea in her head about God and doesn't really have a, uh, he, uh, she's challenged in her belief in Jesus in her life. And Mary, who's just frustrated. The disciples were just darn clueless, <laughs> walking on water, seeing people said, Jesus, are you the Messiah? He looks at all the different situations, the people mourning. He looks at the situation and he goes from anger to, to a frustration to a compassion. He looks at your situation and he just wept. My friend's dead and my, my other friends are facing hardship and I just wish they would know that I'm God. That I care about their life. That I care more than you do about your life. And I want to help your marriage. I want to help your relationship. And I want to help your finances. And I want to percolate a passion for me again in your life. And he starts to weep. Just imagine for a moment God weeping over the situation that you're facing. We have to be reminded today that he badly wants you to see how much he loves you. And he, bad, he wants badly for you to see how much he wants to make a way where there is no way. He just wants you to put your trust and faith in him. He sees your situation. He sees the thing you're facing in your life. You know what? This is kind of like being a dad for those of you who are parents. How many times when you say to your son, son, do not do that. And he goes and does it anyways. Or even worse, when my son gets afraid that there's someone in the house at 2 p.m. When everyone's in the house, we have a dog, the doors are locked, the windows are shut, yet there's fear. Son, why are you afraid? Dad, I don't want a burglar to come in and steal us. I'm just like, son, what, what? When would I ever allow that to happen? If someone came in this door, I would kung fu the, the junk out of them. <laughs> what? Don't you understand that? And then I realized, oh, he's experiencing fear. Oh, that breaks my heart. Much like a father who looks at your situation, he feels the same emotion, but you need to know something today. God's not done yet. He was still angry. He was angry at the situation. Come on, guys. I'm God, and I'm going to prove it to you. He arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone, rolled across its entrance, rolled the stone aside, Jesus told them. Martha's still struggling in her faith. God, I believe in you, but Jesus, are you present in my life? Like the dead, like, Lord, he's been dead for days, and it's going to smell terrible. Listen, our stuff smells terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> our situation stinks, doesn't it, sometimes? He ain't afraid of your stink. He's not afraid of the messiness of the sin in your life. 
He's not afraid of the situation you're facing in your world. God's not worried or afraid about what you're facing in your life. You might think it stinks, but he says, listen, roll the stone away. Let me work on your life. Look what he says. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you, back to faith, you would see God's glory if you believe. He says, so they rolled the stone aside. And then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. Here he goes to faith again. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they will believe you sent me. Now I want you to hear me. See, the purpose of the beginning, the situation you're facing is for God's glory to be shown in your life. The purpose of the end is so that God will receive all the glory in your life. The purpose of the middle is so that you will learn to have faith in Jesus. He says, I'm gonna say this out loud and I want you to know you just gotta have faith that Jesus is who he said that he is today. And look what happens in this verse. You know this. I love this part. It says, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Come on, I felt like God put this thought in my heart today for you, um, that no matter the condition of your faith, this is his word over your life today. I am not done yet. I'm not done yet with you. I'm not done yet with the call to ministry God has on your life. I'm not done yet with the marriage that you've been a part of for so long. I am not done yet working in your heart. I am not done yet using you for my kingdom. I am not done yet redeeming your, your transforming your life. Don't worry, your sin, your faith, nothing can stand between you and my love for you, says God. He looks at you today and he shouts out loud, I am not done yet. I'm not finished with your life. I'm not done with your situation. I'm not done with your season. I am not done yet if we would simply put our faith in Jesus. And recognize that no matter what you're facing today, the emotion that's stirring within you, God knows. He's aware of your fear. He's aware of your anxiety. He's aware of your discouragement today. He's aware of your lack of faith in him. He's aware that it's been an idea of God in your mind, but it hasn't really connected to your heart. He's aware today that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what sin you've committed in the last 20 seconds, he's aware. And yet still, he wants Lazarus to come forth. Still, he wants to minister to your life. Still, he wants to bring comfort and transformation. God has a plan and God is not done yet. And today my prayer would be is that you would make a fresh commitment to put your faith in the everlasting, all-knowing creator God and his name is Jesus Christ. That when you put your faith in Christ, you put your hope in him, the Bible says you're blessed. The Bible says that he turns all things to good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. But you have to accept his invitation today. You might be here to say, Ryan, I'm already a Christian. I'm glad you're already a Christian, but maybe you're like a Martha today. You've been in church a long time, and one time you had a passionate desire to follow God, but now you're just a moralistic Christian with the idea of God. But the, there's a disconnect between the God of the Bible, the Jesus of the Bible, and your life right now. Jesus wants to come right now and invade that area of your life. Maybe you're like Mary and you're just frustrated. 
Maybe there's a bit of bitterness and anger. Maybe you're like, I'm gonna do my thing, I'm gonna go to church, but deep down, I am just not happy with how this life is going. And you somehow look at God and say, God, why did you do this to me? He wants to come right now and remind you that he's involved in your situation, that he sees everything you're going through, just like he did in my life. He wants to heal the frustration, the anger, the unforgiveness, and he wants to bring a fresh joy. Come on, let me just pray for you today. Would you stand to your feet with me? Come on at home, you can stay seated if you want, but you can stand too if you'd like. <laughs> Come on, let me just pray for you today. Lord, we just pray, Father. For those who are facing some really hard situations, and those who are feeling challenged in their faith, I pray today, God, that you would come just like you did through this whole story. You were there. Yeah, you expressed your emotion. Yeah, you were frustrated at moments, but you were always a faithfully committed God. You unconditionally loved every person in this story. So Jesus, right now, I just pray for everyone in the room and everyone watching today. If they're a, if they're a Martha, head, head relationship, but not a heart relationship. They're a Mary, they have a relationship in their heart, but it's been wounded. God, I pray today that you would heal, you would transform, you would invade, you would fill them afresh and anew. Come on, the Bible says that in order for you and I to, ex to experience salvation, that the, the simplicity of believing in our heart that Jesus is God and confessing with our mouth. So today, Lord, we believe in our heart that you are God. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we do that today, we pray that you would invade every situation, God, and that you would do what you do best. Lazarus, come forth. Shout into our situation, God. Shout into our fear. Shout into our doubt and bring forth new life in our midst. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Come on, everybody said. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.